know, I talk in the, a lot in the world about how to create your reality from your energetic state. And what I find is I'm really putting that to test. There's a problem when you are a high achiever, right? So for example, like all of the performers in Cirque, like they're used to being the best. So I received and listened to a lot of outside influence. You know, why do you change things, Susie? Why are you always trying to fix it? Why are you always looking for a shortcut? Why isn't this good enough, right? But if you think about what an innovator and a visionary is, an innovator disrupts, right? And with innovation comes breaking things apart. It's really funny when you say a woman CEO, it's, it's, it's often cracked me up because I'm like, I'm a person in business. And they're like, yeah, but what if, what if you're at a table of nine men? I'm like, I'm a person at a table with nine men. Basically said something like, when you've been given the gifts that you've been given, it's actually um, a, a sin to not share them. And I started crying. I would listen to like Zig Ziglar and Les Brown and and they were like little lifeboats. If I could possibly even be a fraction of that for someone, sign me up. The ideas that feel alive in me are more successful, 100%, right? Like I, I have a track record and the ones that don't, that I do because I fear competition or it makes a good strategic plan, didn't do so well. Can I have the courage and faith enough to go towards these ideas that turn me on, right? That feel good in our company, regardless if we know what the ROI is or the way this is going to turn out. Hi, Susie Batiz. Hi, Mike. How are you? <laughs> good. I'm good. All right. So it sounds like you've had a hell of a day already, and we'll get into that. But for um, I wanted to start this off and go, holy shit, Susie, let's talk about shit today, okay? <laughs> let's do it. It's my favorite subject. <laughs> it is. It is. It's. Uh, I, it was almost cliche, and I think it probably is at this point for you, but I haven't started an interview that way before. Um, founder of Poopery, but what I love most about you is you are an extraordinarily heart felt heart-centered person and I thought I'd start out today by asking you what terrifies you most right now what are you most afraid of wow um what I'm most afraid of well I just got out of a sales meeting and sales this month weren't as good as we had projected and I felt scared um I am used to winning and being successful. And I have that inner competitor. So I realized today, I'm like, wow, I'm actually triggered with this. It's not a usual space for me. Usually everything's wonderful and sales are great. So to come in this new space, I was like, ah, so I got to tell my team, I felt angry and I felt scared. Yeah, I felt scared. So I felt scared, more scared than I felt angry. I told him I felt angry, but I actually felt scared. All right. And that, that leads me to my next question, which is, You've been running, how long has Poopery been in existence at this point um, in its present form where uh, maybe we'll start from the where it was founded, but then where it started to really rock and roll, just to give people yeah. perspective. I sold my first bottle in April of 2007. So it's been about 12 years. We're 12 years old. And... Uh, we really didn't, you know, at about eight years, I was doing like a million dollars a year, like literally like a million dollars, two million, three million, four million, five million, six million, seven million, eight million dollars. Um, we were about eight million dollars in revenue um, about six years ago. 
And that's when I did my uh, viral video. That's when I realized like, hold on, it's time to get this, this, get this thing going. But I grew slow on purpose. Right, right. So you had the big rock that was viral video and that was really great timing, both from a media perspective, social media perspective, right message. And um, so sales went to, and I don't know how public you are about this or not, uh, where'd they go to and where are they now just in contrast? Yeah, so um, at that point, we were at $8 million a year. Within four days, we had sold all of our inventory, and we were $4 million in back order. Um, so it was – and then we turned off all of our um, spend. You know, we were actually uh, driving, pushing some ads out because helping the virility of that video. And we pulled back because we couldn't ship, right? And I, I'm an ethical person. I'm like, I'm not going to rack up $20 million worth of orders when I can't ship them. And this year we'll do around a hundred million. Okay. Okay. So in that time you've had to deal with unbelievable growth plus internal demons and battles along oh, the way. So but. <laughs> at this 12 million or the 12 year mark, what's, what bothers you most? What do you see as being the biggest personal internal challenge that you're facing right now on an ongoing basis that bothers you on an ongoing basis? Well, I'll tell you, I, you know, I talk in the, a lot in the world about energy and how to create your reality from your energetic state. And what I find is I'm really putting that to test with millions of dollars on the line, right? That's when I, so that's probably more, more what I'm scared of. It's like, oh shit, this stuff is not working. You know, the numbers aren't going the right way. It's a little like, you know, um, driving like a rocket ship, maybe through space or something. And there's meteors coming. And for you to be able to, for me to be able to keep the focus and faith, like, okay, I know how this works. I know this is all energy. That's what has me rattled in this current moment more, more so than I usually am. Got it. So the net net is bigger risks and, um, a bigger loss. And I'll, interject like my perspective too. I, part of the reason I sold my business this last year is, you know, I'd been going pretty hard for 30 years straight. And, um, I reached a point about two years ago, I woke up and I'm like, eh, I, I realized it took me a while to understand what went on, but I realized I had outgrown who I was, what I did, why I did it, who I did it for. And the pain of the risk and the extended loss grew to the degree that I just didn't want to feel that way anymore. And over a period of about, it took about 18 months, but it really, the big part happened over about eight, eight months where I essentially shut everything off just to take a mental and a spiritual break. Because again, the risk of the drain, you know, it was like so much of my personal uh, net worth was at stake. If I had six or eight months a bad months. And I had like three big things break all at once. It was like, God, just didn't want to feel that way anymore. And I'm curious, I mean, you're, you're well over 10 times where I was with the last business sales wise, but I'm curious, um, you know, from a scaling perspective, what are the, what are the specifics that you're dealing with from a managerial perspective and also realizing where your own skill set or your superpowers no longer serve this machine? Like, where do you determine, you know, where to go next? Where are you getting mentored from? It's a lot of questions well, that, I packed in, but I'm curious. Yeah, that's where I'm smack dab in the middle of that. Um, what I'm super clear about is I don't understand mass retailers. I'm an innovator. I am a visionary. 
um, you know, my, um, you know, I eat chaos for breakfast and I thrive on speed and agility, right? And that is the opposite from mass distribution. You know, it's like, let's plan a year out. Let's, so I, you know, I I feel anxious in that world. So I've been in the process of bringing in experts that understand that world, right? Where I can still move and groove in some smaller channels like direct-to-consumer or, you know, gift or specialty where I can, where I can play more and also in creative and marketing. Marketing, where we can have a little bit more of my juices can come in and being a hundred percent clear that just Susie, get out of the lane. You can't, I, I'm not even built that way, right? I'm not built to plan something a year out. So I shouldn't even be in that room. You know, I don't even know what the hell I'm going to do next year. So yeah, it's been actually a challenge for me to, to let go and realize, oh, I, I, I don't know how to do that. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those people. And one of my friends uh, was a creative director for Cirque du Soleil. And she said, there's a problem when you are a high achiever. Right. So, for example, like all of the performers in Cirque, like they're used to being the best. Right. You just I'm naturally I'm a quick learner. I'm agile. You know, I had a great dysfunctional childhood where I learned a lot. Like I can read a room. I can move. I can groove. Um, and then to be in an area where I'm pretty much suck. It's like, wow. Okay. Very humbling. What do I do now? Right. Oh, I've got to call somebody in to help. Right. I don't, I can't get this. Right, so right. that's where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. Well, the beauty of this is, is you're definitely humble. That was the first thing that I noticed about you is I felt you were spiritually and energetically grounded. And that's where I think you and I had this bond. And that's part of what I really want to explore today with you is Um, You did mention your superpowers, but if you look at how your superpowers have refined and um, evolved over the past, and let's, let's look within the 12 year thing, because within a business context, it's usually pretty fascinating because it pushes you in different ways. But I'm curious right now, where do you think your superpowers have evolved to and which ones are stagnant? in your current state? Yeah, I I appreciate this question a lot. What I've realized is my superpowers have always been my superpowers. I just wasn't aware of them. So I received and um, listened to a lot of outside influence. You know, why do you change things, Susie? Why are you always trying to fix it? Why are you always looking for a shortcut? Why isn't this good enough, right? Which that seems like a lot of bad qualities. But if you think about what an innovator and a visionary is, an innovator disrupts, right? And with innovation comes breaking things apart. So these, these superpowers have always been there. It's just, I fought with other people around me trying to convince them that this was the right way, where over the years, over the 12 years, especially, I don't apologize anymore. You know, I know that that's what my superpowers are. So, and also I'm not interested in balancing those out. Um, I'm interested in collaborating with other people. For example, I'm a high risk innovator visionary. That's what I do. I mean, I'm a 10 on like the Colby instincts. Like I'm the highest risk. You can go like, let's go, let's get it. Well, I'm partnered with my CFO who's 31. He's been with me since he's 24. So I've groomed him with an outside consultant and he's low risk. 
I want someone low risk in finance. We don't want me. I mean, I've been bankrupt twice, right? Right. So instead of me balancing out and learning how to be great at finance and how to be, I was like, oh, hell no. I'm just going to bring in an augment where I don't have superpowers with other people. Those are their superpowers to create more balance in my life. But I've, I'm convinced I don't want to be balanced. I want to stay in my lane as much as possible. I see. And and within the context of that, <clears throat> and I, I'm you and I are very, very similar. I, I know I know that because. I'd sometimes break things when they didn't need to be broken. You know, it's like I have this instinct up, got to got to change that. And it's like, no, 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 this is actually stable income. Let's just yeah. leave this thing alone. We don't want to innovate right here, right now. And right. it's it's as though either you outgrow your business or your business outgrows you because there's a certain velocity once you reach a certain mass that is incompatible with a pure innovator, someone who is high risk taker. Yeah in a quick start. So that leads me to, are there opportunities right now that you feel you're not able to take advantage of that you want to, or can you innovate in a corner without disrupting the core business? Have you found a way to, to make that work based upon who you are and what you're meant to be and what the organization has become independent from you? Yeah, I appreciate this question. I um, have noticed I really only spend about 20 hours a week here, and that's on the weeks I'm in town. So I've really removed myself a lot from the business. So I have both outgrown the business and the business has outgrown me. You know, I still... Um, you know, come to meetings in those 20 hours. And my gift is to push things up a notch, right? It's like, okay, well, we're doing this. What about this? Right? I'm always like throwing that dart way up on the way up on the board. Let's go there. Um, and that doesn't require a lot of my time or energy. So and I don't want to do anything else. You know, I if I sit through another, you know, finance meeting, I'm going to like, shoot myself. Um, it's just not a good use of my time. You know, I, I do my once a month meeting with my CFO. Everything's great. Let's go. You know, he's, he's, I trust him completely, which is kind of funny that I trust a 31 year old CFO. Right. Um, but we've, like I said, we've worked together for seven years and, um, completely trust him. Um, so I put people in place here that I can trust and, uh, so that I can remove myself more, um, so I, I don't break things as much. So I'm actually disrupting, you know, that I'm writing, I'm finishing up my abundance course. Um, it's, I'm super excited about that. So there's other industries I'm looking at disrupting supernatural is like my baby company that I get to play in that for a little bit. And it's exciting cause it's new. So it can use that disruption and innovation and poopery is just kind of cruising along, you know, I got it. I got it. Well, <clears throat> I've been, Ever since we met, um, we got the Supernatural product. We use it at our house. My wife loves it. We have a house manager who takes car, care of all of our stuff here. Yeah. And he is, um, I don't know how to how to put this any, any other way. He's a big bear. He's a big gay dude who works at our house. And he loves the products. He's just ecstatic. Yeah. He's like, he gives me the look of, ah, oh, you know, as only, um, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's so good just to watch him. He's ecstatic, and it, it is. It's a phenomenal product, so congratulations. It's it's like a right fit, right time, packaging, just the visuals, everything you did there. It's It has Susie written all over it, as, as I understand who you are. Um, Thank you. And I'm yeah. currently, I'm, yeah, I'm currently looking um, 
at some leadership for that company and we have a growth strategy, I feel really confident that is can be a over a billion dollar lifestyle brand really quickly. Um, and I'm excited to see what I can do with sustainability and 100% natural products. It have, we put a lot of constraints, as you know, within that. And to me, see, that's a playground for me. It's like, oh, it has to be 100% natural. It has to have the lowest carbon footprint. It has to be completely sustainable. You know, it has to look beautiful. That's a lot of constraints for a company. Yes. And for me to fit everything within that box, it challenges that part of myself that wants to innovate and disrupt. So that's where I'm putting my energy on places that need need that disruption. Poopery doesn't need it so much anymore. Right on. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually more disruptive. <laughs> yeah, no, that Doing makes good. I, yeah. I go into the sales meeting and everybody's like, "Get out of the sales meeting!" <laughs> right on. Well, that's um, well as long as they know uh, when the right time is and just understanding you. And that's, that's the beauty of history. I mean, just think about how painful it would be if you had to start all over and build a team from scratch right now. Um, and sometimes that would be like, Oh yeah, that sounds great until you realize how much education there is to build uh, momentum and a culture and, and cultivate talent and the nuances of, of management in a business. It's, it's incredible. So next question I have for you, I'm, it's incredibly hard. Oh, yes. I'll say that. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. I would, I would rather manage a bunch of chickens than a bunch of people. <gasps> oh. So true. So true. Um, all right. So I'm also curious, what is the total um, number of employees, the, the headcount overall in the organization? And what do you think about through a diversity filter right now? Do you seek it or do you just hire purely on the business of capabilities? Like what's your management style as a woman CEO who's had to go through the pains and the battles you've had to go through? Yeah. Um, it's really funny when you say a woman CEO, it's, it's, it's often cracked me up because people are like, how's it feel being a woman in business? I'm like, I'm a person in business. And they're right like, on. yeah, but what if, what if you're a table of nine men? I'm like, I'm a person at a table with nine men, you know? So I've never actually had some of the stories that women have, you know, and maybe that's the reason I haven't, um, had the glass ceiling or whatever, because I just, don't, that's not a part of my being. Um, I just believe I'm human. I can do whatever you do. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but we, uh, we do seek diversity. Um, actually we need to go, we're 78% women. We're about 70, um, employees and we're 78% women. We're literally building maternity suites. Uh, we have pumping rooms because they're all young, right? So most of my employees are in their 20s or 30s. I mean, some are in their 40s, but generally we're a young organization. And, um, but we, we have a pretty diverse culture. Um, not as much, uh, African American as I would like. And it has to do with the area. We're in North Dallas, so we don't have a huge population, but we do. It's, it's something I really, I, I like diversity in my life. You know, I grew up in Arkansas where there wasn't any or, it was really not, not fun. So it's something that I seek in my own personal life. And I think we're always striving more and more. All right. That's, uh, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. Refreshingly, uh, it's a refreshing answer to that question. Um, and if you're looking forward, you know, you talked about, um, your platform and your abundance course, um, so I'm going to project on you a little bit, but I'm curious how you react and you respond 
Um, but I'll, yes, I'll and I'll start with like Elon Musk is a really fascinating character. He's a unicorn by himself, but I think the trend is the trend, which is these days the distinction between a business brand and the platform or brand of the founder and the fact that a founder and I'll use Elon as an example but if you look at like if I ask someone right now hey do you know the name of the CEO of AT&T or the name of the CEO of name a company and most people would be like I have no freaking clue who that is they're just another it's just another white guy or it's just another blah 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 just paste right yeah. But when you see a evolved platform and a CEO and the fact that Elon, for example, has never paid for advertising or marketing before, he can go on social, he can make a declaration and create fear in the eyes of his competitors, despite what all the media may say. I mean, that guy's driving things oh, and yeah. the power of a personal brand and the and an evolved platform. I'd love your perspective on where your platform is now, where you want to evolve it to, and what your perspective is on a leader's platform and where that is heading in the future. Mm, thank you for the question. Um, I had a management consultant in six years ago, and she said, you need to be at front. The brand is about you. You are the brand. And I said, no, 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 no. I don't want to be out there. That's ridiculous. That feels very sleazy. You know, it's all about the company. And a couple of years ago, I was with uh, my friend JP Sears, which you know him as well. Yep. And he was he was doing a video for us, and and you know everybody had been talking to me about a brand, a brand, a brand. And I said, you know, I said, how do you do it, JP? You're so not egoic, yet you have this great presence. And he basically said something like, when you've been given the gifts that you've been given, it's actually um, a, a sin to not share them. And I started crying. And I was just like, oh, my God, there's so much I want to share. But because I didn't want to seem egoic, I've held myself back from that. So I've been exploring more and more. You know, you've seen me a little more out in there. I still haven't 100 percent, you know, jump to, oh, Susie, the brand uh, type thing. But what comes from an authentic place within me is I have my 10,000 hours in spirituality. I have my 10,000 hours in personal development. I have my 10,000 hours in business, way more than that, right? Probably a couple hundred thousand hours. (laughs) And I have a lot to share, right? So that's what I'm looking at now. Um, I haven't put the gas on my personal brand. You know, I think my Instagram's like 20,000 people. You know, it's trucking along a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, you will be seeing more from me in the future just because there's a lot I want to share. Um, You know, when I... Uh, you know, I was in some really dark times in my life. Most people here maybe maybe know my story, but there were times when, you know, I was almost suicidal and I would listen to like Zig Ziglar and Les Brown and um, all of these guys and they were like little lifeboats, right? It's like these, these motivational speakers that kind of said, just hang in there, you can do it. And what really touches my heart, Mike, like I could cry right now, is if I could possibly even be a fraction of that for someone, sign me up. So that's where I'm coming from. You know, I don't give a rip about business or who you think I am. But if I can possibly be some kind of example of what's possible, then hell yeah, I'm in, you know? Right on. And that's where I look at it from a personal brand. It's like, here you go. 
you know, if I can do it, you can do it. I 100% know that in my bones. Like it's just the truth. Um, so yeah, so that's where I want to show up more is going really abundance is an inside job, right? And that, that's what I practice all the time. And if I can share that information, that's great. People can love the book. They can hate the book. They can whatever. Doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, but the point is it's, it's literally, literally like right now, my front garden in my house, we're clipping all of the basil and Swiss chard. And I, I, my abundant, my garden is so big that I mentor these women. So tonight I have my women's group and I asked my, um, assistant, I was like, could you please chop the garden and let's lay all this here tonight. So what I've found is from my own place, the more abundant I am, the more I just want to share because I've got plenty. Love that. I love that. And let's let's dive a little bit into that side of your life. I want to talk about the spiritual side of your life. You talked you talked about the course abundance. And why don't you talk a little bit about that and this notion that really attracted me to you the first time we met, which was ideas are alive. Mm-hmm. Um and so let's get a little meta- metaphysical and woo-woo for a bit. I love your perspective on how you view the world from an energetic perspective and how you oscillate between the physical world and your ego and the spiritual soulful world and where those intersect and how you manifest and create abundance in your life. Yeah, well, first of all, they're all the same. There are no separate worlds. It's just one entire universe, right? I used to believe they were separate. Um, and what happened was, um, I had a, a friend that wanted to do a film on me and I said, I don't want to talk about business. And he said, well, how, how do you know which idea to follow? And I was telling him what happens in my body and fast forward, I started looking at my business and I was like, you know, the ideas that feel alive in me are more successful a hundred percent, right? Like I, I have a track record and the ones that don't that I do because I fear competition or it makes a good strategic plan didn't do so well. And I was like, am I an anomaly or something going on? So I called Dr. Bruce Lipton, who's a cellular biologist. And I asked him, are ideas alive? He said, why? And I said, well, because I have a theory that, you know, the ideas I follow are more alive and um, the ones that aren't don't do so well. And I also have a theory that those 75 percent or I don't know what the number are these days, but businesses that fail were actually founded on businesses that weren't an alive idea, a passionate something that's come from them. It's like, hey, that dry cleaner, you know, that corner needs a dry cleaner. You know, what I'm saying there's a demographic and I see it's not served. Mm-hmm. May or may not work. Right. But the person that they're heart and soul is dry cleaning. Right. It usually works. So he said, everything's alive, everything's an energetic vibration, and every living thing is seeking more life force energy. So every living thing is seeking more life force energy. And then he explained to me resonance and dissonance. Resonance is when you put two waves together that are same wavelength and same height, they create more energy together than they do apart. So it's literally a one plus one equals three, four, five, six, depending on the level of resonance. Um, Dissonance is the opposite. When the energy waves just aren't the same, Those two together create less energy than you had before. 
Okay, so literally you have less energy. So what I was realized, what I've learned, and actually the reason I said, like, I really practice this in my life is can I have the courage and faith enough to go towards these ideas that turn me on, right, that feel good in our company, regardless if we know what the ROI is or the way this is going to turn out. And that's what we practice all the time here. Like we will, we have a, uh, you know, like we have an HR flag, right, whenever, because you know, our, we have a young group and they're pretty rowdy. Sometimes they're like, HR, we also have another flag in here called the struggle flag. And that's whenever we are, something is not in flow. And we literally will be in a conference room and someone will say, Hey, we might be in struggle here. And we're like, Oh, hold on. Let's see. Yeah. It feels really hard. And then we will go back and look where we overrode our compromise. So even from things we don't just, I, 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 okay. Last year, I kept pushing through with this auto unit. I lost millions of dollars. Everything in my body said, no, don't push through. We were in so much struggle. Sent our ops guy over to China. So again, this is a practice. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I'm fine losing millions of dollars going, yeah, there you go, Susie. You went against your gut one more time, and that's what happened. You know, that idea wasn't alive. I did it because of uh, fear of competition, and, um, and I lost. So... I, so for me, this, this is something that not only do I have a theoretical idea about, I actually have proof in my life and in my business and I follow it as much as I can. I still get blindsided. I'm still, that's where the ego comes in, right? It's like, oh my God, you're going to lose my biggest fear. I'm going to lose, right? I'm going to be behind. So I still get caught up in that, although not as much as I used to. Okay. I, I love that. And, and. So what is the HR flag um, specifically? What is that? Well, if someone talks about, well, for example, we are just in a sales meeting and we have this bell and they all start talking about dinglings. Oh, you get a big dingling, you know what I'm saying? So at some point you got to kind of go, okay, ladies, settle down, right? They get a little crazy in there. Okay. There's lots, okay. lots of other talking words that may or may not be appropriate for an office environment. Okay. All right. Good. And uh, what other techniques are you and tools have you taken from your philosophy and observations that you've been able to bring forward into the the business besides the flags are there just two flags are there multiple flags or are there some other things that consistently have worked to break patterns or elevate or create um uh a tighter frequency um with with your team yeah, so there's also, so you have resonance between an idea and you, you have resonance between people, and sometimes it's really difficult when you put a lot of people in the room, they won't always be resonant. So we are always really cognizant that if we are in, for example, a brainstorming meeting and we have people in there that aren't resonant, right, they're kind of negative naysayers, we will call the meeting, leave and regroup with people that we know where it's more, they're more dreamers, right? So we do things. It's like there's a time and place for you. This isn't it. You know, you, you'll get your time. Once we conceive of this grand idea, then these people can implement it. So we really um, practice a lot of that. Sometimes, you know, people's feelings get hurt. Like, why well, I want to dream. It's like, well, you keep knocking the dream down, right? So <laughs> you're not a great dreamer here. You dream about other things. Dream about how we're actually going to implement this idea that we have. Mm -hmm. Um so we do that. Um, we 
really, um, I have an on-site site K person that's trained. Um, that's a, a way to reprogram your subconscious mind. For example, sales, there's a couple of people, a couple of areas, accounts that aren't um, optimal. So I'm going to have them go and do site K on that to actually change your subconscious mind. Could we be sabotaging ourselves? Right now, I'm moving um, feng shui, I figured out, you know, actually in March, we should have moved our sales office to another location. So we're literally going to move the sales, um, because of energy, you know, who knows what the hell, if any of this works, but it's entertaining and, um, it's all based on belief systems. So if I believe it, we're going to do it, right you know, and everybody else gets to kind of like, Oh, here's woo woo Susie, you know, but they actually kind of like it. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of things like that that go on here. I, I definitely am not afraid of my woo because it's not even really woo woo. Actually, what I was telling you about resonance and dissonance, that's physics. So this is the way the universe works. It used to be called woo woo. Now we're getting more scientific proof. So I'm excited for it not to be called woo woo. And it's just reality. You know, this is the way it is. We already accept some quantum physics and there's lots of things that are going on where this is real. Energy is real. Right on, right on. Well, I'm going to give... Ask a snail. Ask a snail that's about to, you know, walk up to a fire. It's going to turn around and it's not going to go in that fire, right? <laughs> yeah. Like right it on. knows. It, it can feel the energy, so it moves. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. but we're not we're not trained to operate this way in our lives. Right on. I, I'm, I'm so with you on so many levels. Um, I have... So I'm going to give you a referral. I can't do it publicly because he only works with a couple people at a time, but I just consulted with a very wild numerologist Ooh. who uh, does the I Ching. So he's an I Ching master. Yeah. He's Chinese. And have you done any I Ching by any chance? Not in, not in many years, but I'm open. Okay. I'm going to give you a referral. This guy is, when you hear about his background, you're going to flip. Um, he's worked with some of the largest corporations in China who've just blown up with his guidance. So I'm going to pass that along after we're done with our interview. Now, of course, what this is going to do is create a whole bunch of people saying, give them to me too, give them to me too, give them to me too. And he expressly told me, okay, I can't get too busy because he's super uh, methodical about, and obviously selective, but, um, um, did you find it valuable? It was so valuable. I, um, it gave me a completely different perspective. So here's my perspective on all these tools is um, first of all, anything that knocks you out of your present thinking and your blockages is a good thing because what wound up happening is I always get huge downloads when I dream. So I do intentional dreaming. So I create an intention. I decide upon something I want to manifest. And I say, make this uh, in a very similar way to what you describe. I want to make this idea alive but I know it needs some, it needs a skeleton. It needs some cells. It needs some muscles. And when I intentionally dream, I just get these big old downloads. And during my lucid moments, when I'm waking up, I allow that to take a long time. And then I journal. And sometimes it happens at like three or four. And I'm never afraid to grab my journal at the side of my bed, walk into the closet, turn on a dark light. And I put on my red glasses so I didn't get fully awake and I stay in that state and I just download. And then when I get up in the morning, I can structure it and sure as heck, it's usually the next big thing. And so, um, exciting. What I noticed is this is, this started, um, 
germinating something. And it literally happened yesterday. So it's still something in motion. But as a result, he, he told me a few things about myself that I've intuitively known for a long time. But part of what happens with the I Ching is it, it moves in a fairly methodical timing state. So he'll say, okay, here's what's happening 20 through 40. This is 40 through 60. And much like as we evolve as people, that's why I asked you the superpower question, you know, how have you seen yourself evolving? What I've noticed now I'm 53. Um, I've gone through a couple of significant re evolutions. I think of it like that. It's a reinvention and an evolution is a re it's a revolution an internal mm-hmm. revolution. Yeah. And so, um, and giving yourself permission to renegotiate every relationship at any time for any reason is incredibly liberating. Mm-hmm. And remember that, you know, you can look at your life and go, ugh, this sucks. And no one's saying you have to stay there. You have, we all have an illusion about what will happen next, which our fear of the unknown keeps us stuck in this present day smelling our own poo-poo, you know, it's sort of like, and that's what mm-hmm. I tell a lot of people I work with. It's sort of like, I think you like the smell of your own shit. Okay. <laughs> and it's, so you stay there. Yeah. You yeah. wallow in it. Yeah. And then try to spread it on us. <laughs> yeah. Right on, right on. So, so that's, that is a, it's a, it's a way of, it's definitely a frame and it definitely knocks people in. And it's like, what do you, you know, if you were courageous, if I asked you what were the what would be the three most courageous things you could do right now that would get you out of the state that you think you're in, what might it be? And liberate yourself. Yeah. And hell, if I were doing that to you right now, if I asked you the same question, Susie, what would you do if you gave yourself permission to uh, renegotiate any relationship at, for any reason at any time right now? What would be the three most courageous things you could do? What would your yeah. answer be? I like this. Well, I don't have any relationships. I've done a lot of this work, so Mm -hmm. I don't have any relationships I would remove right now. Um, But what are the three most courageous things I do? I would really face the fact that I'm that I I need to bring in leadership that's not me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. or I need to get out of the company like that's the truth. So that's courageous may or may not be making those moves right now. Right. Um, And really courageous about. Am I willing to step into this dream? Am I willing for this course to actually go out? I've been writing for five years, Mike. When people look at the amount of content I have, their mind boggles. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not a lack of content. It's just the lack of me stepping out there doing that. Right on. Could, could be that fear of failure that we just talked about today. That was a big aha to me. I actually wrote that down. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go into EMDR and uh, do that. So that's a courageous move. Um, I'm moving towards that. You know, the, the course is almost done. I'm talking to people. I feel nervous in my belly talking about it. What else would be a three? Oh, I, you know, I'm talking to a couple of people. I just started dating and I notice I'm a little bit shy. So mm. um, I could definitely be more bold and courageous there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow. Yikes. I'll tell wow. you what. I Uh-oh. know. There, who knows? There might be some right fit men uh, listening to us right now. If you got to be extraordinary I, I for Susie. Call right. him. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the thing. My list is really high. You know, you have to meet me on all levels, right? right I'm on. not, I mean, you, you don't have to make as much money as I do, but you do have to know who you are and be successful in your own regard, right? Totally. 
um, physically, spiritually, consciously. Um, you have to be an explorer and you also have to be interested in consciousness. So it's a big list. I mean, yeah. yeah. It is. I have a very good friend. I won't mention her name on here. She's a multi-billionaire. Um, she's very secretive, extremely successful, and she's been single for quite a while, and she's just made growing and building an impact a big, uh, important part of her life. And she and I have had days-long conversations about her dating life and what's important to her, and hers is virtually identical to hers. She's highly conscious. She's done the work. Yeah. And her biggest struggle is it's um, finding someone who is a performer too. And she's the same way she, you know, she's a multi-billionaire. Okay. She's yeah. like, that's not important, but there's a certain amount of net worth is important because she doesn't want to be saddled with um, not, you know, not being able to receive or, you know, or travel without restrictions. There's certain lifestyle yeah. um, freedom experiences that are important. And she's dealt with men who, of course, compare themselves, and that turns into this insidious game. Yeah. And and there's a certain mental evolution that is required to have occurred to create value and accumulate um, right the right energetic type of money, right or wealth, mm -hmm. as we could say. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so um, you're talking about a um, and for some men, they simply cannot be with a stronger, more successful woman than they are and deal with that. Yeah. And it takes a extraordinary, extraordinarily strong man to maintain the necessary polarity in a relationship yeah. with a strong, successful woman to, to remain attractive on both sides and mirror match and also not be emasculated or to masculate his partner. And so I've observed this many times. I've witnessed and watched her go through multiple uh, relationships. And I do have, we, I think you and I have some other friends in common who I've watched them go through um, yes. multiple partners and it's like, Oh, not another one. And you know, yeah. they'll bring them to me and I'll be like, nah, he's not going to be able to do it. And sure is sure enough, you know, um, so I, I hear you. I, I, have, I have one right now I'm talking to, so I may have to call you and be like, what do you think about this one? Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally willing to, uh, to do it, be to screen for you. I'm, to, I'm, I'm absolutely willing to do that. All right. I've got one more, two more questions. These are going to be really simple. The last one's going to be ultra, ultra fun. Um, so if you're waving a magic wand, yeah. We could either let's do the three years from now, because it seems to me if I were just intuiting my way through this where you are, you know, three years from now can be your big breakout opportunity with your combination, mm. your platform, maybe resetting yourself. And then you've got this new brand, Supernatural, you're building on. You've got a lot of momentum and a lot of change occurring. So let's say you and I were sitting here three years from now um, grabbing, I don't know some sort of a healthy beverage together in our favorite Ma place on the planet. A matcha? Or green, matcha or green juice. I love it. Sure. I love it. Okay. So, and, oh, have I got, have you tried fat fuel, by the way? No. Oh, is that the fat bomb? No, no it's a mix. It's, here's what it is. It, I know we're getting off on a little tangent, but what the hell? It's a packet. You get it. I buy it off of Amazon. So it's matcha, um, grass-fed butter, MCT oil, <clears throat> a little stevia, so it's no sugar, and <clears throat> you mix it with water. It mixes really well. It's like a milkshake, and it tastes like a boba. 
a matcha what? boba. It is so freaking good. Oh. And um, I, I travel with it. And you pour this thing, and it is a cup of joy. Ah, appear. Okay, I'm sold. Okay. Dude, All right, here's what I'm going to do. Don't when we finish up, I'm going to send you a, a package of it as a gift. Okay, good. So oh, don't go you. anywhere. So when we finish, don't hang up. But I'm going to okay. I'm going to send it to you, and I want you to respond and tell me if it's a cup of happy because I cannot believe how joyful I feel, and it lasts a long time. But it is a pure, unadulterated cup of joy. I feel excited. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so yummy. And it's, and it's, it's like a big, it's a fatty milkshake and it's yeah. like keto style. So, all right. Yeah. Um, okay. So answer the question about the, uh, three year from now, if you were going to paint me a picture and then I'm going to ask you the last question, which is super short. Yeah, so three years from now, I would not be running Poopery or Supernatural, right? I would just be playing around the world, um, my books out, my um, courses out, and I'm making really a lot of strides towards a game um, that I had to download about six years ago. You're, you would be seeing me more in that light than you would actually Entrepreneur Susie. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. <clears throat> and I, it would be super fun to go deep with you on um, making that idea come alive. I love, I love the direction and you've got, you're so electric anyway. Um, it's a, it's a perfect fit. So my intuitive, uh, I got you. a big intuitive. Yes. As you went through that. So Yay. now here's the big ask opportunity. We've got real power players who listen to this podcast, who love making dreams come true. So yeah. what is your ask? Where can I send them other than your website? We're going to send them to suzybatiz.com. Yeah. But is there an ask you have, a need, a desire that uh, our listeners, our viewers could help make a dream come true for you? What would that ask be? Oh, wow. That's fun. Um, yeah. If you know anyone that's super conscious that is in the gaming business, I would love that. Um, I have some pretty advanced principles that I want to build a game in that three-year period. So send I was just way. meeting with a gentleman yesterday who's a commercial video game designer. So um, I've got a go. couple and then let's see what our listeners come up with. Fabulous. Anything yep. else? No, they have to be really aware of concepts like the Matrix and some pretty advanced conscious concepts. That's the problem. There's a lot of gamers out there, but they're not always aware of these principles. So right on. find me that person and I would be really excited. All right. Well, it just <laughs> so happens I met this guy at Burning Man the first time in my camp uh, a couple of years ago, and he is right up the alley. He, You and he have a very similar growth pattern um, in terms of what you've gone through. So I can definitely create a match there, but I, um, yes. all I have to do is ask, I'm having a uh, lunch day with another guy who could be a great hookup relationship. So that's not oh. hard. Anything else pop into, in your mind? Yeah. And if my husband's out here listening, call me. <laughs> all right. Or at least someone to date. That'd be fun. Let's, okay. go, let's go there. Let's go there first. <laughs> all right. Well, one of my very, very best friends is Ariel Ford. Who's, uh, She's the, she wrote the soulmate secret and the soulmate kit longtime friend. She was D Deepak Chopra's publicist for 15 years. Wayne Dyer, Noel, Neil Donald Walsh, Louise Hay, Don Miguel Ruiz. Totally, totally resonates. So I'm going to create a little connection here. Oh, and uh, she's fun. in the, she's in the manifestation business. So, and yeah. if anyone else is listening, well, um, here's what I'll, I'll tell you you can do because this will help do a little screener. Um, if you head to capabilityamplifier.com, you can actually leave Susie an audio message, which I will forward to her. My team will, 
And that way we can screen them appropriately. How's that, Susie? <laughs> I like that. It's like Bam. a way of more, more alive bumble, right? Uh, yeah, you know, right. Bumble. Well, Mike's got his own matchmaking. I love this. this like is... energetic matchmaking. You should do this. All right. <laughs> You're good. All right. Thank you. It's so, it's so I'm much appreciating, fun. I'm appreciating how alive you are. Like when you talk about the matcha and when connecting and these ideas, I have a suspicion that's really your genius. It is. It yeah, is. I, yeah. I love it. It's right. nothing. Nothing makes me happier than making dreams come true. And uh, especially for highly elevated, high frequency human beings. And you are definitely one of them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It takes it to see it, right? All oh, right on. Thank you. Well, here's what we'll do. So don't go anywhere. We're going to wrap this up. But what I'm going to tell our listeners and our viewers right now is you have just met the incredible Susie Batiz, founder of Poopery, so much more. You, of course, can hear all of her backstory stuff if you go to our website. I didn't want to spend time talking about and doing things that anyone can look up. I wanted yeah. this to be different and unique, and I hope you appreciate that as well. Yeah, um, thank you so much. It's it's my pleasure for sure. So um, the next step is yours to take, which is if you enjoyed this episode, of course, share it with someone you know, especially someone who could use words of wisdom from someone as incredible as Susie. And also like and comment on this show as well at iTunes, because that's the best way to spread the word and also change some lives and create more impact and freedom at the same time. So Susie really appreciate you. You are magnificent. And um, I can't wait to see what happens next with you. I appreciate you, Mike. Thank you for your patience. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, you are too. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. This is Capability Amplifier. This is Susie Batiz. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye.